I want to talk to you today about a single word, the word more. A lot of times, especially when people in the church talk about that word, they talk about the dangers of it, always want more, want to have more, got to have more. But there's a very deep sense in which it's a wonderful word. We were made to want to contribute more. We were made to want to do more. We were made to experience more. There's a wonderful story that I love in the book of Genesis. Abraham's servant is looking for a wife for Isaac. And he goes to a place where there's a well. That was always kind of the meeting place in the ancient Near East world. And there's a woman that offers to get him some water. And he says, thanks. And then just kind of as an afterthought, the text says, she says, and I'll get some water for your camels as well. And he's got 10 camels and camels, I am told, can drink up to 30 gallons of water a piece. That's like she is going to draw 300 gallons of water from a well. This is anyone with a serious capacity to do work, to want to do more. Hey, can I get water for your camels as well? And that kind of mindset Jesus talks about is exemplary of the kingdom when he says, when you're going with somebody, this was reflecting the fact that Israelites could be compelled by Roman soldiers to carry a burden for them for a mile. Jesus says, somebody forces you to go with them a mile. When you're done with it, ask them, could I go another? Can I do some more? Can I bless you? Can I enhance your life? And the strange thing is that when we seek to do that, rather than take it away from my life, it actually adds to my life. We want to be people of impact. You are made to count. You have a drive for significance. And that's what we're talking about these days. If you have a keen eye, you may have noticed that someone has added more to my office. My old administrative assistant, I've told some of you, Linda Barker, once got books by a romance author named Danielle Steele and had them in my office for a year, waiting to see if I would notice them. I did, but I just thought they were like by some kind of Christian romance authors, sent them into my office and they just put them up there. And so I didn't say anything about it. And for a long time, they were a regular part of whatever kind of pictures I had to have taken. Somebody in my family decided it would be really funny if they got some kind of a little statue or something of Jack Nicholson from The Shining, this real creepy moment when he says, here's Johnny. And they put it up on my shelf right next to Abraham Lincoln, for crying out loud. And it creeps me out. I don't think it'll be there real long. I don't know if you've noticed it before. I only noticed it this week. Anyway, our capacity to be oblivious, to ignore opportunities, to do something more is quite staggering. And it is a reflection of the kingdom that our God, who is unbelievably creative, who came up with 300,000 species of beetles, is a God who loves to be generous, who loves to be innovative, who loves to do more, and invites us to rely on his power so that we're not strained, drained, or exhausted. But we're energized by doing more. We're learning from the masters these days. Ignatius of Loyola is one of them. And there's actually a word that he uses. The Latin word is magis. I think it's pronounced like magisterial, but it's the word more. In the spiritual exercises that he would give to the people that were part of his order, he would tell them to think about a great king going into a great battle. We might think of an inspiring leader who is going to be part of a great cause that calls people to follow. And that could stir the heart. And he invites people to imagine that deeply. But then he says, I want you to think about Jesus and what it is that Jesus is doing in this world, creating a great community where everybody is welcome, where sin and guilt are forgiven, where souls and spirits are healed, where 
the hungry are fed and people who have no clothes are clothed and people who have no place to live are taken in and there's this community and oneness. Imagine contributing to that. Imagine being a part of that. And the idea of that was, Chris Lowney writes, that um, uh, we were, we were uh, those who have this kind of desire to distinguish themselves in total service will not just offer themselves wholeheartedly, they will go further still. How do you go further than wholehearted service? Well, of course, that's when the Spirit of God is added to my little life, my little power to enable me to do even more. He goes on to write, the early companions of Ignatius captured this aggressive drive, this relentless energy in a one-word motto plucked from elsewhere in the exercise, magis, Latin for more. They're exhorted to always choose and desire the strategic option that is more conducive to their goals. But the simple motto captures a broader spirit, a restless drive to imagine whether there isn't some even greater project to be accomplished or some better way of attacking the current problem. I have a very, very young friend who loves these little superheroes called PJ masks. PJ because they wear their pajamas. They, their motto is into the night to save the day. And at some point in the story, they will say, it is time to be a hero. And we are called by Jesus in a way that is not designed to be neurotic or uh, draining to us, but we are made for heroic endeavors. That is why our hearts are stirred and inspired by stories of heroes. You were. The world needs that from you. doesn't have to be grandiose. doesn't have to be dramatic on a human scale or in human beings' eyes, but you are made to live a heroic life that really matters. So what would so motivate you that you would go further than wholehearted service to achieve it. Now, what often stops us is this sense that I'm exhausted, I'm drained, I have not got any more in my tank. From young people to old people, that's a universal cry in our day. So, I want to say a few more words about this. This is from an author named Laura Vanderkam, who often works with folks and, folks and feels like... Um, how do you manage your time and how do you deal with your energy and how do you do your work? This is from a, a recent article that she wrote. Recently, there's been a lot of cons discussion of the concept of quiet quitting. Quiet quitting. I may not formally resign, but I just do the bare minimum to get by. I think about Paul writing, I think it was in his second letter to Timothy, Demas has left me because he loved the world. And we don't hear any more about that. Just somebody who could have been a heroic part of a noble endeavor just quietly says, I think I'm done. I might not even formally resign or retire. Nobody might know, but in my spirit, I know. This is what Laura writes. After more than two years of pandemic uncertainty, employee stress levels at all-time high, people languishing, if you're exhausted, overwhelmed, it feels like something needs to give. And for many, that seems to be the pursuit of excellence in their work, in their life, in their relationships, in their leisure. And then she writes about how, rather, it's kind of counterintuitive, uh, instead of, she said, I've come to realize the opposite of burnout isn't doing nothing or even scaling back its engagement. The opposite of burnout 
is engagement, to give wholehearted, even through the Spirit, more than wholehearted service. As counterintuitive as that seems, adding energizing activities to your schedule just make life, might make life feel more doable. And she writes about people where she invites them to build in regular physical activity, make space for little adventures, ask them to look at activities and choose the effortful before the effortless, something that involves learning or application or stretching or challenge or growth. She writes this, we all have the same 168 hours every week, but time is also all about the stories we tell ourselves. When life is full of have-to-dos, with only brief periods of downtime in between, we can feel beaten down by responsibilities. But add things we actually want to do to compete with those have-tos, and time feels different. Put simply, when we put time into what we feel energizing, our inner narrative changes. We no longer feel that life is a slog. I was talking to one friend who is quite young, giving leadership to this public that's in the process of uh, going public right now, and he is so energized, even though it's taken an awful lot because he's doing something worthwhile and it's a grand adventure. I was talking to another friend I know well, who nearing the age of 70, was talking about the excitement of entering into a whole new field that will require like a year of education and stretching and learning. It's not going to look grandiose, but enable contributions of a depth that would be deeply satisfying. We all have the same 168 hours a week. It can be very small to have that spirit that says, more, majest, God, what might I do? I was thinking of a very recent night in my own life when I had the chance to be with somebody uh, in whom I could delight and enjoy time. But what I found for myself was I just want to be done with this relatively quickly so I can be home by myself and watch TV. And I did. And I had my reward. There's nothing wrong with being by yourself. Nothing wrong with watching TV. You can do that. You can do that with Jesus if you want to. But when I was reflecting on it the next morning, what I realized was I had missed an opportunity. I had chosen, I had said no to something that would be meaningful and could have been life-giving and would have energized me. And I had chosen something that was just a default mode because it was the easier way. But when I look back, there wasn't life in it. So that's the invitation today. The word is magis. More. What could I bring? Don't let this be a burden. Don't let it be something that drains. Ask God, God, what is there that I might do? Might be quite small today, just one thing in the life of one person or in a moment of a, a bit of learning or a bit of cleaning or a bit of straightening around or a bit of encouraging another person. What's one thing that I could do that has that restless pursuing quality of magus more? How can I contribute? You are made to count. Make today count. I'm going to get rid of Jack. I can't stand this. I'll give him to somebody else in the family. Thanks for joining us here at becomenew.me. If you'd like to receive the daily emails that go along with each video, let us know at becomenew.me at gmail.com. Or if you want prayer, you can text us at 855-888-0444.